Does a youth leader ever feel like they have it figured out? This hasn't been my experience. However, I couldn't be an effective youth leader today without Dan Duckworth's presentation about going from youth worker to youth mentor. Mentorship is a key concept to understand when leading youth. In his presentation, Dan talks about ways to really turn the traditional approach to leading youth on its head. How can you better know your purpose? How can you find out their life goals? How can you build a relationship that is transformational rather than simply filling time during the weekly youth activity? You can watch Dan's presentation in the Young Saints virtual library by going to leadingsaints.org 14. You'll get free access for 14 days and that will give you plenty of time to watch Dan's presentation a few times. Let's give youth the leadership they deserve. So my name is Kurt Frankum, and I am the founder and executive director of Leading Saints and obviously the host of the Leading Saints podcast. Now, I started Leading Saints back in 2010. It was just a hobby blog, and it grew from there. By the time uh, 2014 came around, we started the podcast, and that's really when it got some uh, traction and took off. Uh, 2016, we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we've been growing ever since. And now I get the opportunity of interviewing and talking with remarkable people all over the world. Now, this is a segment we do on the Leading Saints podcast called How I Lead. And we reach out to everyday leaders. They're not experts, gurus, authors, PhDs. They're just everyday leaders who've been asked to serve in a specific leadership calling. And we simply ask them, how is it that you lead? And they go through some remarkable principles that should be in a book, that should be behind a PhD. They're usually that good. And uh, we just talk about uh, sharing what the other guy's doing. And I remember being a leader, just simply wanting to know, okay, I know what I'm trying to do, but what's the other guy doing? What's working for him? And so that's why every Wednesday or so, we publish these How I Lead segments to share. Okay, folks, get in the family station wagon. We're headed down to Arkansas for this week's How I Lead interview. I talk with Bishop Daniel Brown, who's one of the few bearded bishops in the the church. I think we need to we need to have a, a campaign to uh, to stimulate more beards on bishops in, in the church. Am I right? Come on, let's take us let's take us back to eighteen whatever and. Uh, <laughs> Let's make it a requirement for bishops to have beards, huh? Who's with me? Okay, okay, a little bit, a little bit too far, but nonetheless, I love, I love hearing from these sort of remote parts of the church where, um, you know, you're really dependent on community and ward members, and you come together and you make it happen. And it's interesting to learn from Bishop Brown as he talks about how they are leveraging the Just Serve effort, the app. If you're not familiar, really, if you're not using this, I think almost every ward needs like that person, whether they're in a presidency or just somebody who needs an, another calling or a calling to be the just serve specialist, you know, and just keep people 
keep it top of mind. And because um, for me, I mean, I just I don't think about it that often unless somebody's nudging me saying, hey, you know, let's get some service projects on the Just Serve app or reach out to other churches and get some some efforts there. And so really uh, lean into this interview as we learn from Bishop Brown and how his ward uh, uses the Just Serve app to uh, stimulate service in their in their community. So well worth a listen. So here's my interview with Bishop Daniel Brown. jumping into this How I Lead interview with Daniel Brown from Searcy, Arkansas. How are you, Daniel? Doing good, Kurt. How are you doing? Good. I'm excited to jump into this conversation. Now, where where is Searcy? So we are what is called the heart of Arkansas. If you're looking at Arkansas, we're just above the middle point in the kind of the eastern corner, about 45 minutes northwest of our, or northeast of Little Rock. Nice. So uh, is the Bentonville Temple going to be your temple or... It's not. We are in the Memphis Temple District. We're about two hours from Memphis and about two and a half hours, three hours from Bentonville. Oh, wow. So it sounds like they need a Searcy Temple, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We'll take one for sure. (laughs) Nice. Well, that's great. And uh, maybe, and you're the the bishop there. You've been uh, the bishop for about two and a half years. Uh, Maybe just give us the lay of the land there as far as the church is concerned, what it's like being a member in Searcy. So I'll kind of start beginning, if you don't mind. My grandpa moved here from yep. Arizona back in 1960. There's 12 members in a branch here um, in Arkansas, wow. the Searcy area. Um, since then, it's grown. We have what was the area of that little branch is now four wards. Um, we have about 150 average attendants on Sunday. Um, it's a very protestant area down here uh, we have a lot of friends from the church of christ Cersei is kind of known as a church of christ town there's a Harding university here um, which is the church of christ school um, and they've done a lot of good things in the past to help keep Cersei a clean town um, we're what you call a dry county i don't know if you guys know what that means but there's no alcohol sold in Cersei or in White County. So oh, wow. Church of Christ has done a lot of good things here to keep Cersei a good, clean area. Um, church is growing. Um, so we're excited about working with those around us to try to encourage everybody towards Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're uh, born and raised in the faith then and pretty traditional upbringing? I was. My dad's a convert to the church. He was raised here in Arkansas um, and came in contact with the church when he met my mom when they were dating. Um, and he's he joined the church, oh, just a few months before he left for Vietnam. And so uh, that's quite the story that he, he was drafted and went to Vietnam not long after he got baptized and was able to remain active through that um, and went on to be a, a, a great leader here in the church in the South. Wow, that's awesome. So what do you remember? Is there a story behind you getting called as bishop? <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I, I served in a bishopric. And then um, it was time to call a new bishop. And so they 
called a new bishop. So I thought I was out of it and got called back into the bishopric with him. That was fine. And then not quite a year after he was called, he decided he needed to move. And so then I was called as bishop here in the Cersei ward. So now for those that are just listening to audio, you have a big, beautiful beard. And, and is, uh, is that just been a lifelong thing and they let you keep it? They do. Yeah. Um, I was in a training meeting right after I was called as bishop and my uncle's member of the stake president saying he's trying to get on to me really hard about it. And uh, I looked at the stake president. I said, president, I'll do what you want me to do. And he lifted his hands like this and he said, I'm not going to say anything about it. So nice. Nice. We're, we're a member of the bearded bishop. Yeah. Well, I have, I think it's something we can normalize a little bit more. And so it's typically left up to the state president, how he wants to do it. There's no church policy or anything. So, and I happen to have a beard today as well. So we're, I noticed uh, that. It's yeah. beard day at Leading uh, Saints. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is usually the first question though, when we, we have some students here that are from out West that come to Harding for pharmacy school and PA school and stuff. And their parents, when they come, that's the first question they always ask me, they'll let you be a Bishop with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, keep uh, wearing it loud and proud, my friend. So, yeah. um, so tell me a little bit, just walking into this role as Bishop, what do you remember? What was harder than you expected or did, was there a unique approach you took right off the bat? Uh, what comes to mind? So um, it was a lot harder than I expected. Even being in the previous two bishoprics, I didn't fully understand what a, being a bishop encompasses um, and all the, the time and work that goes into that because there's a lot of things that bishops do that counselors don't know about, um, you know, just things. And we were coming back from COVID when I was called as the bishop. We had just now started um, social distance meeting when they called me as bishop. And so the hardest part was trying to get people out of there. Uh, I've gotten comfortable sitting at home on Sundays and doing that deal and getting them back to physical activity in the church. And then ministering, our ministering took a big hit during COVID. Um, people kind of saw the excuse of social distancing and not being able to go to people's houses. And so uh, we've really focused on ministering. Yeah. And was there like it just keeping it top of mind for the ward or how when you say focus on ministering, what did that look like? Yeah. So, you know, starting basically from ground one, you know, they just changed from home teaching to ministering. And I think um, Elder Gong gave a great talk this past conference on ministering and about how if we yeah. think, uh, Ministering is less than home teaching. We're missing the mark and that ministering is a higher and holier calling. Um, and so we've really been trying to focus on uh, the love of Christ and trying to get everybody to feel that in their life through ministering. Nice. So we've got to give a shout out to Grace Lewis. Is she she's the one that recommended your name for the How I Lead uh, episode here. And is she in your ward or how do you know Grace? No, she's actually my first cousin. Um and she's just over, okay. uh, she's over to just serve for the stake for a long time. And so I use her and her husband as a, a huge asset to me when I go in to uh, meet with people about just serve, though. I'll try to ask one of them to come along with me. I'm not the most computer literate guy in the world. Um, and so they do help <laughs> me out a lot with that just serve. 
Yeah. Now, uh, take us on the, the journey with what your ward's done with Just Serve. I think, I don't know, it just varies from place to place as far as how local wards and stakes use Just Serve. It's a remarkable tool, and the church has invested a lot of money into uh, making it remarkable. But sometimes, you know, there's just so many things to, to worry about or programs or or efforts or youth programs or whatever it is. And so sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. So how has your ward leveraged the Just Serve in your area? Yeah, that word program in the church has kind of become a buzzword, right? We don't like programs. But um, when they introduced Just Serve here, I don't know, five or six years ago, I kind of had the same feeling. I was like, you know, we're serving already. Why does the church want us to go on this website and basically document our service stuff? Why can't we just do it, you know, without the left hand knowing what the right hand's doing type deal? Until I fully understood what Just Serve is and what it could be, um, I struggled with it a lot. And so I'm just trying to help people understand that Just Serve isn't the church trying to uh, document service hours and you know, look at us, how good we are. It's an outreach tool for us, especially here in the South, to where we have a bunch of Christian people. I mean, 95% of the people here believe in Christ. And uh, so we try to use it as an outreach tool to where we can share the love of Christ with people of any faith of any denomination. Um, and so we try to use it as that. I'm a member of what's called the Cersei Ministerial Alliance just a group of ministers from here in town from different dominations that meet once a month and just try to make sure that the people of Cersei are taken care of. And uh, I presented just serve to them um, in one of our meetings. And of course, their first question, usually the first question with anybody outside of our faith is what kind of, what kind of uh, ministering will emails will I get when I sign up for this thing? You guys going to proselyte us pretty hard when we sign up for just serve. And, you know, generally we tell them that we don't even like people to know that the church is the one behind Just Serve because it's just a database for service opportunities and people looking for service. And so that's what we try to use it as. We assure them they won't receive any proselyting emails, any emails of any kind, only what they ask for in service opportunities. So we try to use that as an outreach tool, huge outreach tool here in Cersei. Uh, we met with the mayor. Um, he was looking for a website that could host uh, service opportunities and try to match up volunteer hours. So we've met with the mayor. We've met with uh, Searching Ministerial Alliance. Uh, we've met with schools. I've got an appointment to meet with a school here in our local area about it because they have beta clubs and things like that that need service hours. And so I'm excited about going and meeting with them and just trying to, to share the love of Christ through service. You know, as a bishop, when I meet with people and they're struggling with things in life, that's usually the first thing I'll ask them is, when, when is the last time you gave Christ-like service? Because when we don't feel the love of Christ in our life, there's usually a quick fix for that. And that's by sh trying to share that Christ-like love with someone else. We usually feel it greater in our life. Yeah. And so you talked about you met with some other, did you say they're local religious leaders or? Yeah, so we have a Cersei Ministerial Alliance is what it's called. Oh, cool. Um, I'm the first bishop to get invited to it. And it's not because I'm better than anybody else or better than any of the bishops. I just happened to run into a, um, the downtown Church of Christ uh, minister, Kent Job, at a meeting one time in the community and introduced myself to him. And he said, well, you need to join our Cersei Ministerial Alliance here in town and uh, sent me an email and 
let me join. And it's been a really great experience working with those brothers and trying to help, you know, Cersei stay focused on Christ and share the love of Christ with all of them. Yeah. So what was the tipping point for them to allow you to allow you in? Uh, I mean, they've all been welcoming since I've been there. The first I've been to about, I don't know, seven meetings now for about seven months. And this past meeting was the first time that I met one person that kind of crab walked a little bit when I shook her hand um, and told her who I was and what what calling I had. But they've been really welcoming and, and nice to me. It's been a really good experience. Nice. So they just gave you the stage for one of those meetings to uh, talk about Just Serve and how they could maybe use that tool? Yeah. Yeah. I just asked them. You know, they, they try to allot time for uh, somebody to come in. Like we've had people come in from uh, um, some political action groups, you know, that are trying to keep uh, – good Christian values and politics and uh, bills that are passed and stuff. They'll come in and talk to us about how we can help support those bills and stuff. And then, so I just ask, uh, we have a president of the group and I just asked him if I could have one meeting for about 45 minutes to talk about just serve a great opportunity we have. And he was happy to oblige and me and my relief society president. Um, and then our ward communication specialist went and, talked with them. And actually Grace Lewis came with us on that one, I think. So it was a good experience. Wow. And so once you got them past their concerns with, uh, you know, us collecting data or, or targeting them for proselytizing or whatever, then were they pretty open to using just serve then? They are. We'll still, we're, we're still working with them on it um, and trying to get them. See, in one of those meetings, we had the president of Harding come and talk to us, um, Harding University. And like I said, it's a Church of Christ University, and he's a very nice man. His name escapes me right now, but he talked about in his role as uh, the leader, the president of Harding University, what he sees is a lot of young people, when he asks them what they want to do after graduation, it's usually a nonprofit organization or something they want to start, some kind of nonprofit, because they want to feel like they're serving, you know, and doing something worthwhile. And he talked to us about how, we, uh, the young people in the world today are leaving religion just in general, not just our church, but at every church in record numbers. He says, as he goes down here in the South, they'll have senior Sunday where, uh, you'll have a church meeting dedicated just to the seniors that are graduating and have them come up and bear testimony or receive award or something like that. And he says he attends those meetings. He loves them, but it's sad to know that for, you know, eight out of 10 of those kids that walk across that stage on senior Sunday, is going to be the last time they come to church. That's wow. just how fast the young single adults are leaving religion. And so he talked about how we need to get them involved and get them to feel a purpose in life and part of an, a greater movement. And so when he talked about that, I thought, man, just serves the greatest opportunity they have to get hooked up, you know, with service opportunities here in the community. Yeah. So we tried to push it and we're trying to push it. We're trying to get people just to, you know, I listened to one of your podcasts a few months back, uh, the sister from Boise, Idaho. I yeah. can't remember her name right now. It escapes me. She, she talked about, you know, you got to make sure you have the service opportunities there first, because if not, then it's kind of the chicken, the egg type deal, right? We have a bunch of people that we can sign up for service opportunities, but if we don't have the volunteers coming, they're going to quit posting service opportunities. And so you feel like you're constantly running around trying to work with, um, 
organizations to post service opportunities to get signed up on the website and then also trying to run around and find volunteers that are going to help volunteer for those so they feel like they're getting their benefit out of the just serve website yeah so have you seen an, an increase of postings of service opportunities in your local area since you've been we have we've met with uh, new international ministries does a uh, food uh, distribution every week uh, we've taken our youth over there through the just serve website and served on a couple of Wednesday nights, just putting food baskets together. They serve about 300 food baskets a week to people here in White County. Um, and then we have a hundred families. We went in and met with them. A hundred families of White County is just an organization that I love to work with because they feel the same way um, about assistance that we do. They love to ask people to do things. So if you come to 100 families and need help with legal problems or something like that, they're going to help you with them. They're going to ask you to go through classes. They're going to ask you to, and they're going to help you fulfill any court requirements that you have and things like that. And so we actually met with them about uh, just serve, but also met with them about the self-reliance program um, that we offer and the classes that we could help them with, with that. Cause they do, they ask people to go to budgeting classes. They ask people to go to bettering your education classes, which are all things that line up with the self-reliance program. And so we're trying to work hand in hand with them with that. Wow. So yeah. we've gotten a, a pretty good response from nonprofits here in Cersei area that are looking uh, for volunteers to sign up. Wow. And it just, I imagine you just see this unifying effort amongst the, the community there, right? It is. It's a great unifying effort. Um, we can work. Like I say, it's, it's Christian around here. Um, and so people love Jesus Christ. They love to serve people. And so we're just trying to give them an avenue to where they can get matched up with those service opportunities. And we're in the beginning stages. By no means are we uh, knocking it out of the water and having these huge success stories. But we're in the beginning stages. And you can see it start to grow and build. And as we keep working with it, it'll keep getting better and better. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So what, tell me about like in the context of your ward, is there anything you do or your ward does specifically to keep it, to keep just serve top of mind for uh, ward members? So we actually had Paul Lewis, Grace Lewis's husband come in on our fifth Sunday meeting um, back in, when was it? April. We had fifth Sunday. He came in and did a training for us on just serve and uh, got members to sign up. And then Going back to the podcast you have with a sister from Boise, I think one of the best ideas I heard about Just Serve she gave was, you know, if you're a ministering brother and sister, sign up to do a Just Serve uh, service project and invite one of your ministering families to go with you. There's no better way to minister to somebody than both of you getting together and going serving somebody else. And I thought that was a great idea. And so we're trying to encourage that. And that's what we did last night. We went over to New International horizons with about 10 people um, that were just from people in our ward, um, some new converts, recent converts, and went over and served. And last night, I mean, we had these huge Ziploc bags, and he has this whole bulk cornflakes. I mean, probably seven foot tall, this bag of cornflakes, and we're scooping cornflakes and put them in Ziploc bags, you know, so we can distribute them wow. on Friday. So it was just an awesome experience getting <laughs> to serve people. Wow, that's fantastic. I love hearing you articulate this because, um, man, this is just such at the core of our mission at Leading Saints, the fact that this ward in Arkansas hears an interview of somebody in Boise, Idaho, and inspires them to, you know, build the kingdom in a more effective way, you know, through Just Serve or whatever it is. I mean, that's just, uh, that, 
best payday you can give me there. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've listened to a couple of them. I listened, I think you had uh, Elder Lindsey Robbins on too and talked a little bit. I mean, I try to, to grasp ideas from everywhere. You know, President yeah. Nelson said good inspiration comes from good information. So, yeah, love it. Love it. So anything else about your approach with Just Serve, how you use it in your ward or elsewhere or anything, any detail we've missed? I don't think so. I think, like I say, we're still in beginning stages. I wish I was as good at it as Sister Lewis thinks I am um, at getting it out there, but we're going to keep working at it and keep trying because the easiest way to feel the love of Christ in our life is by serving his sons and daughters. And when we can serve his sons and daughters and we can see them like he sees them, that's the best way for us to feel the love of Christ in our life. Yeah. Love it. Um, well, anything else with your approach with, uh, you know, you mentioned as far as your, you trying to stay focused on Christ-like love and service, obviously just serve plays into that. Any other ways that you do that as a Bishop in, in your calling? <laughs> yeah, I try in every way, you know, everything I do, I try to, I try to do that. Uh, we have a great missionary opportunities down here people out west kind of pass out when we tell them we have two sets of missionaries here in our ward we have a set of sisters and a set of elders and you know usually out west you guys have one set of missionaries for six or seven wards maybe 10 or 12 wards um but we have we have great missionary opportunity down here in Searcy, arkansas and so we try to take advantage of that um and everything we do um and there's some people in some humble, humble circumstances around here. And so it really works. Um, I'll never forget when my dad taught me, he was just called into a bishopric for the first time with Bishop Turnbull in Russellville, Arkansas. And dad would come out of back then third hour meetings. And he said, every Sunday, it seemed like the same people were waiting outside the bishop's office to talk to the bishop. And he said, so I feel I'm pretty full of myself. And so I went to Bishop Turnbull and was going to uh, counsel him a little bit. I said, Bishop, look, if you'll just be honest with these people and run them down the road, you want to deal with this stuff Sunday after Sunday. And he said, Bishop Turnbull put his arm around my dad and he said, Brother Brown, not everybody's as easy to love as Brother Brown is. So Heavenly Father is sending these people here to teach me how to love them like he loves them. And so I try to just go about that you know, in my leadership from that perspective, from the beginning, there's going to be people here that Heavenly Father send to me that are trying to teach me how to love as he loves. And so I try to take every advantage of that I can in the calling that I have. Yeah, I love that. It's inspiring. What about uh, the, there's a lot of questions with just how wards are handling the the youth dynamics, you know, especially with the in the recent years, more of a focus on the bishopric handling that. So what comes to mind as far as how you approach that? So, yeah, going back to what the president of Harding said, you know, we try to focus. We met with Elder Beheshti, who was an area uh, authority here in, in Searcy a few state conferences ago with our state president. And uh, he encouraged us. He said, these youth have more desire to serve today than they have ever in their life, like or ever in history. These youth today are just more inclined to serve because they love greater than anybody else and so our state president encouraged us to have at least one service opportunity with them a month and one of our wednesday night activities and so we've tried to take that to heart we've gone over to the international horizons um 
and done the food baskets twice now we've been trying there's a, a lot of good opportunities i'll just serve the hospice people um there's lawn care for hospice on there where we can go mow lawns for people who are on hospice care that can't get out and mow their own lawns oh wow that's a great opportunity for the young men around um mm. Just there's so many opportunities on just serve to help these young men to understand why we serve, um, because it benefits us more than it usually benefits the person that we're serving when we do it. And so that's something we try to to reemphasize to them constantly. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Daniel, anything else? Uh, principle, concept, story that we need to make sure we we fit in here before we wrap up. I think that just serve as an awesome opportunity for us, um, especially here in the South where it's still fresh and new and people don't know about it for us to get out in the community and let people know that uh, we are Christian first off and that we only have a desire to help everybody around us come closer to Christ and invite all to come into Christ. Um, and so I think it's just an awesome opportunity that we need to take advantage of. The church has put a lot of money and effort into the Just Serve website. And I think it's an important tool um, I listened to a training by Elder Lindsay Robbins that talks about, you know, there's no role in the church that can't be covered in the Just Serve website. Um, you know, it used to be the threefold mission of the church, but it's not. There's four of them now, but you can go through all of them and you can hit every one of those uh, in the Just Serve website. Even the redeeming or bringing families together uh, for eternity one can be done by the billion graves on Just Serve going out and taking pictures of uh, headstones to get information for families that need information on their loved ones that have passed. And so every aspect of the gospel is focused on just serve. And so we need to use it in whatever calling we have in the church. It's a great opportunity for us. Awesome. Well, um, uh, I, I love hearing from from uh, wards in in your part of the the world, you know, of the or in the country where you know you're not on the the Wasatch Front, and have it's a completely different dynamic, and so it's fun to learn <laughs> from that. Uh, last question I have for you, Daniel, is as you reflect on your time as a leader, how was being a leader helps you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Oh, and every, every aspect um, has being a leader helped me become a better follower of Jesus Christ. Um, I think constantly on the, uh, the Elder Iring, President Iring actually talked about it in a talk too, but it's talked about more in detail in his biography about when he was serving as a bishop and uh, one of his at Stanford and one of his members of his ward that was a recent convert drove the car to the bank and got out, put his hands up as, you know, security surrounded him. And he's like, don't shoot, I'm Mormon. You know, and so they called uh, Bishop Iring at the time. I was like, hey, we got one of your guys down here. You need to come get him. And he talked to him. He's like, just meet me at the church. And President Iring's talking, you know, on the way over there, I'm just thinking about how I'm going to read him the right act. Me and him are going to have a come to Jesus meeting. This is not how a member of the Church of Jesus Christ presents himself and this, that, and the other. And he says he sat down in the bishop's office and that brother walked in his eyes completely changed his mind completely changed he saw that brother the way that jesus christ sees him and so i try to do that and and uh as i lead these people here in the cersei ward and try to see them as jesus christ sees them as i see them as jesus christ sees them uh, my love for them is increased my compassion for them is increased my desire to serve them is increased and so i become a better follower of jesus christ through that because i can see them how he sees them and that's a great, a great uh, perspective to see things.
And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense and share it with somebody who could relate to this, this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And uh, that's that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, uh, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, uh, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this in individual an email, letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them and... Uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. Remember, go listen to Dan Duckworth's presentation about youth mentorship by visiting leadingsaints.org slash 14. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.